Efron to Bleak House, from French nuns to fan fiction, welcome to Operation Dynamo, the only pop culture podcast you need. I'm Abby. I'm Sarah. How are you doing this week, Sarah? I am very well, actually. Um, a lot of fun things are happening, both in pop culture and in other areas. Um, hockey playoffs start tonight, Ooh. which I'm very excited about. I consider that part of the popular culture because I feel like it's popular and people talk about it on social media and stuff. Sports are pop culture, right? For our purposes, yes. Go Penguins. Go Penguins. That's all I'm going to say. I filled out my bracket a few hours ago. I don't think it's good, but I'm going to stand behind it. Let's go for a three-peat. Three-leave. That's their uh, slogan on social media right now. I have to fill out a bracket, but I have not kept up with this season at all. So I'm going to do what I always do, which is choose teams by which names I like the best. Have you ever kept up with the hockey season? I don't mean that as like a drag. It's a legitimate question. I usually keep up more once the Stanley Cup playoffs actually start. Because I talk about it all the time. Well, then we go home for break. And just so you know, I have never really been into hockey. I, like, very loosely followed the Devils when I still lived in New Jersey. Went to a Devils game once. It was a great time. Uh, But Sarah's the real hockey fan. Um, And so once, like, I go home for the summer... I'm still looking up the games, you know, as they're happening. And I'm so I like proud of you. Me and my dad will watch the games sometimes. Oh, I'm so happy. I am a fan now, but I do depend on you for my like preseason hockey news. <laughs> been Abby. I've been pretty good. I just turned twenty-two this weekend. Ooh, I don't Ooh. know about you, but I'm feeling twenty-two. We can't sing it because Taylor Swift will probably come for us. I'm sure she would find this podcast (laughs) to come for us. Uh, But I had a great birthday weekend. It was very fun and full of pop culture, uh, full of some old pop culture. (laughs) Rewatched 27 Dresses, the best rom-com ever made for sure. So I really enjoyed that. What's on your pop culture radar right now? Well, there's a lot of ways I can go with this. I saw a tweet about, like, Jeff Goldblum meowing, which I find just, like, so bizarre and hilarious. It's like they looped him meowing for 30 minutes, and it's a YouTube video, and you can listen to it if you're into that. I listened for about 30 seconds and then stopped. Um, But I'm reading a book right now that Abby actually recommended to me called I Hate Everyone But You by Gabby Dunn and and Allison Raskin. Yes. And it's all emails and text messages between two freshmen in college. And first of all, I love it because I'm really upset that there's not a lot of books out there that focus on the college experience, like in a fiction setting. Oh, true. Um, But I also love it because I feel like at least half the conversations in the book, Abby and I have had in some form or the other. And it's full of pop culture references, which you know, of course, we are into. Um, So I'm really loving that right now. They reference Newsies. Newsies! Seize the day. Uh, it was a great book, and I love their YouTube channel as well. It's just between us, and it is very funny. They give some very uh, dubious advice, I would say. Um, What's on your pop culture radar? Well, I actually have just come from watching two of like the most devastating episodes of Grey's Anatomy in a row. Okay, so I'm going to spoil Grey's Anatomy. So I hope you already know what happens. <laughs> um... I knew that George was going to die, right? But I didn't know when. And so a long time ago, I looked up the Wikipedia page 
to see how and when George was going to die. But I forgot. But I remembered exactly how he was going to die. You know, I remembered reading like, oh, like nobody sees George all day. And he's the person who got hit by a car. So I was watching this episode. And I was like, oh, well, like, George just isn't around. Like, George just isn't doing a surgery right now. Or, like, he's he's busy, you know? Like, the plot's about Izzy, who's also dying. <laughs> but then they were like, oh, we don't know who this man is who got hit by a bus. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> because then, right at the end of the episode, Izzy starts coding. And she's, like, demarcated as do not resuscitate. And so they're both dying at the same time. It was very upsetting. I wish everyone could see Abby's face right now because she's laughing, but her face, she looks so distressed. And it's I am very, about to cry. very funny. <laughs> um, anyway, great show. Is Do you think that's the saddest like moment of Grey's Anatomy? For sure not. There was an episode in like season two where just two patients die because they had a metal bowl. Uh, that was stuck a through one. both of them. Um, and I remember vividly, like, crying in our dorm room about that one. I didn't cry about this one because I knew what was going to happen, but it was very, it was very upsetting. The one that gets me is when Meredith has to, spoiler alert, cut Christina out of her wedding dress. Oh, okay, I've seen that. I was like, you can't spoil it for me! <laughs> no, I, I knew you had seen that one. Ooh, and I actually had to, um, reference that clip in an article I was writing today. And so I like really? ended up watching the three minute clip on YouTube. That's I was good. like, this is not a good use of time. All of Christina and Meredith's relationship. In the episode I was watching, Meredith and Derek are finally gonna get married and they're just gonna go to the courthouse and Christina's like, oh like do you want me to come? And Meredith's like, no, I don't care. And then Christina pulls out of her jacket, she gives Meredith her shopping list and she goes, something old and then she gives her a post-it, like a clean post-it, and she goes, something new. And then she takes out a pen, and she goes, I borrowed this, and I want it back. It's really good. And then she says, it's all blue, so you're covered. Aww. So sweet. Um, so that's what I'm thinking about right now, to be quite honest. I'm gonna be thinking about it forever. <laughs> Alright, so should we get on to the main business at hand? Hell yes. So eventually we'll talk about something that's not a movie musical, but we're, we're just going to continue to talk about movie musicals for the time being. And the year is 2018. We are celebrating a yes. movie musical that was released 10 years ago. 10 years ago this October. So we're jumping the gun a little bit. But it's time. Yes. I think more people need to talk about this. Yes. And it is the cinematic masterpiece that is High, High School, School Musical, Musical 3, 3 Senior Year. Uh, extended edition. <laughs> We don't know what scenes were added for the extended edition, but uh, we know there's something special there. So I want to start off because we have very different intros to this film as far True. as how we saw it. Um, we both saw High School Musical. I'm assuming you saw High School Musical like in late elementary school when it came out. I saw High School Musical 1 the night that it premiered on Disney Channel. Okay. So we like saw it at the same yeah. time. This movie came out when I was in seventh grade, and it came out, like, a few days before my birthday. I was also in seventh grade. <laughs> and so I, like, my birthday party was, like, high school musical themed. Amazing. And I invited, like, two friends over because I know how to party. And one of them, this isn't, like, it seems like an extraneous detail, but it's actually really funny. They gave me a fleece blanket. Oh my god! That has Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens on it. It's so good! And when you press the little, like, iPod thing at the ah. bottom, it plays a clip from We're All In This Together. So needless to say, I wrapped myself in that blanket. 
I went to sleep, and then the next day, my two friends and I went with my mom to the movie theater, and we saw High School Musical 3 in theaters, and I cried. Like, I, I cried. Not, like, fangirl cry, but, like, I felt real emotions watching that movie, and I cried so much. Side note, I'm still about to cry because of Meredith and Christina. But that is beside the point. How did you see High School Musical 3 for the first time? Okay, so when it came out, I was just a really bitter 12-year-old, I guess. I don't really know what that was about. But when the movie came out, it came out in theaters. And I kind of just said, like, I'm not paying to see High School Musical 3. Because I think I thought that, like, maybe I was too cool, you know? Uh, But all my friends went to see it. You know, it's not like nobody else went to see it. I just didn't go see it. So this year arrived, and our Zephron enthusiasm hit its peak. And, you know, it was time. It was time to see this movie. Sarah was watching this because she was watching all of Zephron's filmography, as we've discussed in earlier episodes. And she was like, oh, like, I'm watching High School Musical 3, and I was like, I need to watch that. So we watched High School Musical 3 with two other friends. One is also a senior. Yes. We are seniors. The other is friend of the show, Rachel. Ah, yes. And the other senior is friend of the show, Lauren. Shout out to Lauren and Rachel. Anyway, we watched High School Musical 3 and my world was turned upside down. How did I not know about all the iconic moments in this movie? Um, I feel like Sarah and... Maybe Lauren and Rachel? Somebody else knew a lot of the songs. And I was just sitting there getting it all for the first time. Um, But at the end of the movie, I cried. Because... It's emotional. It's really emotional. And then the fact that we are seniors right now, like, I know they're in high school. But they say a lot of things that really, like, struck a chord with me. Just because I was like, man, I know exactly what you guys are talking about. And, like, honestly, this is... We'll, We'll just dive in right here. We're going to talk about Zac Efron. Perfect. And I want to talk about his looks. Because for a long time, when I was doing the Zephronathon project, uh, because I'm a little bit of a nerd, I had a graph in which I compared the quality of the film to his level of attractiveness. And High School Musical 3 I have as one of the higher quality films that he's done. And I believe when you look at it, that is where I placed him at his most attractive. Like, even more attractive than Neighbors even more attractive than The Greatest Showman, and I find him very attractive in both of those films. He's also our age in this movie. Which brings me to my other point. Why do none of the guys I ever run into look like 21-year-old Zac Efron? This is a huge point of contention. I do not understand how in this movie he was, like, 23? He's 2021, somewhere in there. Oh my god, he was younger than us. Exactly. I don't know. Do the boys like this just not go to our school? Do they exist? Or is it like a one in a million type situation? Like, do you have to go to California? Maybe you have to go to California. Maybe because we're inside all the time because it's rainy. (laughs) You don't get a lot of Zephron types. I don't know. I've never seen blue eyes like that on anyone in my life. But I just, I had to start there because Lord have mercy. But then, like, I watch Greatest Showman, and I'm like, no, he's, like, really attractive now. I think it's bananas that the three movies were all just made a year apart. Mm -hmm. It was 2006, 2007, and 2008. And he looks so much different in High School Musical 3. You know, like, he is a boy in High School Musical 1. And in High School Musical 3... He's a man? 
<laughs> I don't know about that. He's a young man. Yeah. He is more attractive. His hair looks great. Anyway, another point I want to make about Zac Efron is that when we watched High School Musical 3, I was struck with the realization that High School Musical 1 totally is about Troy and Gabriella. Like, that is a story about both of those characters. High School Musical 3 is 100% about Zac Efron. It's not about Gabriella at all. You know, like, she's kind of there. And, like, she causes obstacles, I guess. Yeah, she's, like, the obstacle for him. Yeah. And, like, the motivating force that causes him to do literally anything in the movie. Yeah, like, the story, but it's not about her. No. But she has some good songs. And by good songs, I mean one song. We'll talk about that later. One of her songs is very good. (laughs) There are a couple songs in this movie that just feel like filler to me. You know, they're kind of slow, and it's Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens singing, and it's in essence, pointless if you're not watching the movie. When I was home over spring break, I was in the car with Kathy, and while she didn't have a comment on the film itself as we were driving around, she was like, who wrote the musical, or the music for High School Musical 3? And then, as I, I think a little, like, haha to me, she goes, is it a Pasek and Paul musical? <laughs> Since, as people know, I love Pasek and Paul. But, like, six or seven different people worked on the music and lyrics for High School Musical oh, 3. wow. Which I feel like, for the quality of the songs, I'm like, yeah. you needed that many people to do that? I feel like they probably just got really nervous, you know? Because High School Musical 1 and 2 were such great successes that they were like, oh man, we can't mess up this one that we had a huge budget for and is having a theatrical release. I think just, like, it looks and feels so much different than the other ones. And I think it like it's because it has that like added level of theatricality and professionalism to it. I think it's funny though, because it doesn't really like it still kinda looks like a made for TV movie, but just one with a lot of money. <laughs> like it doesn't look like it was supposed to be a movie. Mm-hmm. You know? Like it looks like it should have also aired on Disney Channel. Just all of the musical numbers look like they could be stage numbers, mm-hmm. you know? And speaking about the staging of High School Musical 3, if you watch it and The Greatest Showman, I have, oh my God. I've watched both of these movies several times in the past few months. I don't know what I'm doing with my time either. The staging and the choreography, there are so many similarities between The Greatest Showman and High School Musical 3. And do we know that Kenny Ortega had no influence in The Greatest Showman? Because I'm, like, I think he was there. Maybe Zac Efron was just making suggestions. He was like, ooh, I know a thing or two about (laughs) movies. I know how to jump on the hood of a car, like it's a bar. (laughs) Um, so I guess the next question I have for you, we've been talking a lot about the musical numbers. What's your favorite song in High School Musical 3? Oh my goodness. How could you ever choose... One of my favorite songs in this movie is Walk Away, which is performed by Vanessa Hudgens. I don't really remember the context of the song. I think it's she's leaving high school to go to her early start program at Stanford, which is absolutely bananas. Uh, There is no college that has an early start program where, like, you gotta leave high school, like, three weeks early to start college. Like, at most, you have an orientation that happens during the summer for, like, one day. So I don't really know what was happening there. I've talked to a lot of people who said that they saw it when they were 12, and they were like, even at 12, I knew something wasn't right. (laughs) 
but anyway, Gabriella sings Walk Away because she's like, well, Stanford's more important. Just gotta leave all my family and friends behind. I'm kind of done. Which is, um, you know, I support her decision because, like, she values her education. But, like, ooh, Zac Efron, though. Um, but anyway, it's an amazing song. There's, like, a gospel choir kind of situation. I don't know who they are. I don't know why they're there. Perhaps it's a group of professors that were sparked <laughs> with inspiration by her inspiring story and just have, like, this is how I envision it now because I really don't know exactly what's happening. I think she's just walking around the campus. But the way I envision it is professors hear her singing and then just, like, they open up their office windows and then they're like, oh, my God, and they all just run out and start following her. I think there's a part of it where she's, like, still at her house and, like, her mom True. packed their house up real quick. Real quick. She's, she's ready like, to move. wandering around the empty house and then she just, like, runs into her mom's van. Which she does that in the second movie, too. Runs to her mom's van. What's kind of bananas is that they don't know that Gabriella's gonna get into this early start program, and then she gets in, and then, like, a month later, her mom's like, all right, well, I sold the house, and we're gonna move. Like, this is over. You cannot sell a house that fast. And, like, in 2008, wasn't the housing market still, like, yeah, that was at a rough its time. lowest? Yes. So, like, I don't know how she did it. I don't know if it's, like, a government deal. Perhaps a conspiracy. We don't know. How did they sell that house? <laughs> anyway, it's a great song. What about you, Sarah? Um, okay, so 12-year-old Sarah loved I Want It All, which is the Ryan oh, and Sharpay number, good. because I loved Sharpay when I was in middle school. But high school Sarah and senior year of college Sarah love Scream, Ooh. which is Zac Efron's solo number. It's a good one. Uh, the lyrics are, like, they're really powerful. They are ridiculously applicable to any time in college, I would say. Yeah. But... And the choreography, too, is just kind of, like, there's an Inception hallway, which we've talked about before. Oh, God. But then, like, it starts, he's, like, in a gym, and all of the basketballs, like, rain down on him, because it starts really slow, and then he goes into the gym, and the basketballs rain down, and then it's, like, heavy guitar riffs and stuff. And every time I've watched this movie... I was like, how did he, like, not get hit with the basketballs? I actually have no idea. I was listening to another podcast oh my recently. God. Zach Attack, my favorite podcast other than this one. And they were talking about the same number, and they were like, oh, it was CGI basketballs. What? And I was like, that makes sense. Was it really? I don't know. I just take their word as truth. I'm destroyed. Um, that was a high-budget film. That makes sense now. But it's just, like, it's so good, and, like, the choreography is so angsty, and it kind of, like, matches what's going on in your internal monologue, and, like, he's wearing a, 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 basketball, wearing a basketball jersey. jersey. Yes. And jeans, I think? Yes. So, like, he looks real good. Well, I just want to talk about that song for a minute. It's nighttime, right? You know? He's like, I know how I'm gonna decide what to do for college. I'm gonna go dance around my high school at night no one else is there and he just runs around the school and dances like how did he get in like is the security that lax does he have a key do you know i bet his dad has a key i bet his dad has a key um but he's just wearing a basketball jersey and jeans you know i guess because that's when he feels the most himself 
And he really needs to get in touch with his roots. But does he really feel himself when he plays basketball? I don't because, even like, know. That's, that's the point of the other two movies, is that he doesn't want to be sports boy anymore. He wants to be theater boy. But do you think at one point he wanted to be sports boy? I think he wanted to be sports boy because that's what his dad wanted and for him. And he just didn't know. And he just didn't know. But, like, do you think now, he probably still likes sports. I think so, but like I he think enjoys he, it. he realizes that there are other things in life and his mind has been opened that it just doesn't all have to be b-ball all the time. Is that how cool people talk about basketball? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, sports boy. <laughs> well, then Miss Darbus hears the whole thing, which I think is very on-brand for both characters. I love that she's just, like, lurking in the darkened theater she's at night. She's just sitting in, like, a closed-down dark theater. Like, maybe she's where she feels most at home. Yeah. A high school theater. Miss <laughs> Darbus should have had so much better. Right? I mean, the kids needed her, but... Yeah. I just... I connect so much with Miss Darbus, and then, um... A couple other films and television shows I've watched recently also have high school drama teacher characters. Yes. And I feel like that is my personal brand, is high school drama teacher who's so over it. Do you think she was just too tired to go home? Maybe. That's so sad. Well, like, my high school drama teacher, he used to, like, stay... I mean, it, it was in the context of we were, like, working on a show... And there was stuff to do, and True. we were pretty self-sufficient. True. But he would stay till, like, 11 o'clock midnight. I mean, I was not there with him, because as soon as we could leave, I was like, True. I'm gonna need to eat some soup right now. Um, but the next day, he'd be like, oh yeah, I, like, was here till midnight. Pay teachers more, 2K18. Uh, yeah. Um, do you think, conspiracy theory, that she lives there? Her classroom is real nice. It is, but I wonder, is that something of high school drama teachers? Like, do they just have nice classrooms? Oh, you know what? That might be that might be the thing. Uh, the high school that I went to for two years in New Jersey, though, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure the drama teacher did not have a classroom, and he just had, like, a chair in the theater, and that was <laughs> his whole, like, MO, was, like, go find Joe, he's in the theater, or, like, he disappeared. And then his office, oh my god, his office was the booth. Really? I am just realizing this now. I didn't understand what a booth was when I still went to high school there, because I was, like, 12. Uh, I was 14 and 15. Uh, but in any case, he he totally just lived in the theater. Oh, my God. Our high school drama teacher, I feel like the setup for his classroom was very similar to the classroom Miss Darbus has, as far as we had, like, a small kind of, like, elevated section of the room that was, like, a stage oh, of sorts. Classic. We had a couch. We had multiple chairs. He had an office in the classroom. We had multiple closets. Like, it, it was a thing. We had nothing. <laughs> uh, the performing arts high school. <laughs> How ironic. Um, the second high school I went to, I don't really know, but the third high school I went to had a pretty sweet setup. There were string lights, but I didn't really do drama then anymore. It's a shame. Is it? Okay, so we've talked about our favorite songs. What is your favorite moment in the film? Whoa. I Mine is tied into my favorite line from the film. Oh my gosh, I can't... Which one is it? Is you, it do you want me to say? Does it have to do with Chad's family member? Yes. Okay, I know what it is. Okay, so in the opening number, Now or Never, when they're, like, singing and playing basketball, as you do, the song, all of a sudden, like, Troy gets pushed down to the ground, and then the song stops, and everyone's like, what? And then 
this man who you don't know until later is actually Chad's dad. Um, he stands up from the crowd and just screams, hey, that's a foul. And it's just so awkward and feels so out of place, but it is so ridiculously funny. Another very important piece of information is that, who plays Chad? What is that boy's name? Corbin Blue. Corbin Blue. God, miss him. Uh, don't know what he does now. He was recently on an episode of ABC's sitcom The Middle. Well, thank God. Someone needs to cast him in more things. Um... But anyway, I had just been looking up, I think I was doing a little Zephron research, um, and when I did, I looked up Corman Blue, and I found out that his real dad plays his dad in the movie! Do you think that Corman Blue got his dad that job? 100% yes. 100% I love it. Um, that must be so fun. But anyway, a lyric of, the, of a song that I'm thinking about now is in... The Boys Are Back, which is an amazing song that was probably unnecessary. <laughs> There's a lot of plot points in this movie where I'm just kind of like, I question why they would happen, but I'm fine with it. You know, so Troy and Chad kind of have a like a, a weird falling out almost where Troy doesn't realize that there's any problems and then Chad's like man we were gonna go to Arizona together we were gonna keep playing b-ball for the rest of our lives and he feels very betrayed um even though he knows that Troy likes singing you know it's been like two whole years and Troy sings all the gosh darn time (laughs) um but Chad is still surprised so he gets really upset and then nothing really happens they don't really fight about it but then, if I remember correctly, but then Troy's just like, nah, man, we're gonna be friends forever. And then they sing and dance around, like, a, a junkyard? It is a junkyard. I think it's literally a junkyard, because they're fixing someone's car. They're fixing that fuel pump. <laughs> yeah, at one point, I believe it's Zac Efron. Yeah. Just says, fuel pump! Because, you know, fixing cars. Uh... <laughs> But there's part of the song where they're, like, just talking about how they're such a great duo, and I'm like, the boys are back, you know, can't split us up. And they say, Will Smith and Bobby De Niro. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about this. So they've said Will Smith and Bobby De Niro as though Will Smith and Robert De Niro are a well-known duo, or, like, are friends. You know, maybe they're not in any movies together, but maybe they're, like best friends like an odd couple that is the implication i get from the song part two bobby de niro bobby de niro like how familiar are they with robert de niro which brings me to a memory sarah took a film class several years ago with a professor who shall remain unnamed thank you but anyway this professor would talk about how she can't recognize- oh my goodness, I think we may have just had a breakthrough, but in any case, this professor would talk about how she couldn't recognize actors if they were wearing hats, and so she told a story to the class, allegedly, I wasn't there. It really happened, I swear. Where she was watching a movie with her husband, and she said, who is that? And then her husband said, oh, that's just Bob De Niro in a hat. (laughs) So you know, That's the level of familiarity we're talking that Chad and Troy have with Will Smith and Bobby De Niro. 
before I say the breakthrough that I just found, which is earth shattering, I would like to add, um, Zac Efron has made two movies with Robert De Niro since High School Musical 3. Excuse me. Uh, He was in New Year's Eve with him, and he was also in Dirty Grandpa. And I can almost guarantee you that even after doing two films with Robert De Niro, Zac Efron does not call him Bobby De Niro. I think it's probably really hard to get that close to Robert De Niro. Okay, so... I just googled Will Smith and Robert De Niro, and it turns out that in 2004, they both did voiceover work for the the animated film Shark Tale. Oh my god. So apparently they are a duo. So I just want to, this makes it even better, because that came out four years earlier. So what Chad and Troy are referencing is their partnership in Shark Tale as like an admirable relationship <laughs> to emulate as friends. Um, they were also, they worked on a film called Showtime together. Will Smith was a producer and De Niro was an actor. I'm just trying so hard not to call him Bobby De Niro now. Like, I want to meet Robert De Niro. I don't know what context call him it would Bobby be in. De Niro. And I'd be like, hey, Bobby, what's up? Bobby De Niro is like 81. Really? He is an old, old man. He has like a baby. He's like a baby in real life? He has a baby. Okay, maybe it's not an infant child? Perhaps it's not a baby. But I think it's a young child. Is this the plot of Dirty Grandpa that you're rehashing? I have no idea what happens in Dirty Grandpa, but I assume that's what his real life is like. He totally is a child. Um... I hope I was right about all these things I just said. Okay, but I want to know how old the kid is. Um, another thing about Robert De Niro is I recently rewatched The Intern, which is, like, one of the best movies ever made. For sure. But Robert De Niro is, like, 80, and his love interest is, like, 65, and I was like, yeah, that's kind of how Hollywood feels about women. Oh I'm just God. talking now while well, ha- Sarah looks it up. He has, um... Six children, I think. Oh my god. He's been married a bunch of times, if I'm not wrong. Um. Like, at least twice. He's been married twice. And his youngest child was born in 2011. Okay, it's not a baby. Via surrogate. But still. But still, that's really. He's an I old parent. I did not parent. know that. Yeah. You know, I recently said I want to be a young parent. Which sounded shocking, but what I meant was, like, mid to early 30s as young. And I'd like to say that in this context, 30 is a very young parent. I also just want to fact check you right now. He's not 80. I can see it on your computer. (laughs) Say that Robert De Niro is not 81. He's 74. According to Wikipedia. Okay, he's super old. He's... Are you sure? It says it right there. Do you trust Wikipedia? I do. My teachers always told me not to. Okay, when I write papers, I go to Wikipedia first. I do as well. And I use the sources that are on Wikipedia. I totally do that. Wikipedia is a very valuable source. I think Robert... Oh, he has a restaurant. Legal (laughs) issues. He has a restaurant. I'm more interested in that. Can we go? Sure. It's um, It's in Tribeca. I wonder what kind of food they have. It's co-owned with Lou Diamond Phillips. This is relevant. (laughs) And then, um, 
During a film shoot in France in February 1998, De Niro was questioned as a witness about the bourgeois prostitution ring. He denied any involvement. Oh my god. This is exciting. And then there's been, like, some tax stuff. I don't know. Let's get back to the topic at hand. Okay, what are some, like, do you have any lingering questions with this movie? Like, are there any things that happened other than the Will Smith and Bobby De Niro thing (laughs) where you're like, um, why? Well, just a thing that I feel like maybe is, like, it doesn't come off as cheap in the movie, but I just feel like Sharpay should have had a better story arc. Yes. You know, because in this third movie, in the first two movies, she's trying to get with Troy, and, like, I get it. I get it. But then in the third movie, I feel like she should have moved on. You know, I feel like she should be going for bigger and better things than just trying to get Troy and kind of disrespecting her brother who is more talented than she is. Uh, Maybe not more talented, but he has more skills. He has more marketable skills. Um, But I just wish that Sharpay had more character growth because I think she's better than this. Yeah. And I think she could have been a... I mean, you had Taylor... But Taylor was not a very well-developed character. No, I wish she was. I do as well. In my opinion, she's the more likable Rory Gilmore. That's fair. But I think, like, the characters of Gabriella, the characters, or characters of Gabriella, Taylor, and Sharpay all kind of exemplify different ways of being, like, powerful women. True. That, like, you can be strong and you can accomplish a lot of things, but you don't have to necessarily have all the same personality traits or all the same skill set. And I feel like, obviously for narrative purposes, there had to be an antagonist, but I feel like they just pigeonholed Sharpay so much that she was not the icon and role model that she could have been. I felt like it was too easy. Yeah. You know, like, I know how to make this difficult for everyone. Sharpay's here. She also kind of isn't actually, like, the problem ever. The whole problem is that Gabriella just up and leaves, and Zac Efron can't decide what to do with his life. I'd like to take a detour. This is still related to Sharpay, but when I was in eighth grade, my theater class for our final had to write an original musical. And so we decided to write a spoof of High School Musical. And then we, like, swapped all the characters... So, like, Ryan was the mean one, and Sharpay was the nice one, and I played nice Sharpay. Well, I could see you as nice Sharpay. Thank you. I could see myself (laughs) in that role as well, which is why I auditioned for it. Oh, my God. The show was terrible, but just, like, that made me think of that. Well, just on that note, Kelsey has written at least two original musicals. Yeah, and then, like, all of the um, solo songs that she wrote for the second one. Where... It's the recognition for Kelsey. I also don't think that's super accurate because, I mean, like, oh, you, that's bananas. you could have prodigies, but... That is bananas. Any original work that I saw in high school was not very good. Yeah, she knows too much about music for her age and school. But that's why she's going to Juilliard. On a full ride. Spoiler. <laughs> um, I also think... Kelsey just deserved better. I think most of them deserved better than what they got. Who does Kelsey end up with? Ryan. Yeah, that's bananas. I mean, I don't want to say it, but like... Bananas that he ended up with a woman? Uh, bananas that they're not both gay. (laughs) Because that's what I assumed. (laughs) So like, I feel like they were just like, oh, they're just two spares. (laughs) They'll date. 
Like, that doesn't make any sense. They needed to make a fourth one that was, like, High School Musical College? Yeah. Because that's not yeah. gonna work out. No. Honestly, are any of them gonna work out? Let's talk about our predictions. Yes. For what will happen with these characters when they go to college. Who do we want to start with? Should we start with Taylor? Yes. And Chad? Are I they dating? So. Because every movie, it makes it seem like they can't <laughs> tell if they're dating. And, like, I thought, I assumed they were. I feel like they'd be those people who everyone's like, oh my god, you're so good together. And they're like, but are we really? And then they just, like, end up being together for, like, ten years, and they're like, maybe we should get married. I think that since Taylor goes to Yale, and Chad goes to Arizona. Yeah, U of A. Uh, yes. I just hear it as UVA. (laughs) Uh, which, in that case, maybe would end up better. I don't know. But I think that they go to different colleges... They hang out over Thanksgiving break, and then they go back to their colleges, and Taylor's like, I could do better. And they break Ooh. up. She, I don't want to say that Chad isn't great, but I think that they're not right for each other. That's fair. See, maybe they are. I feel like all of our predictions for these characters, you're going to be cynical and be like, I think they all broke up, and I'm going to be like... That's true. No, they all stayed together and then hung out at the reunion. I do think that Sharpay would eventually get together with the cooking guy. Oh, definitely. Like, I think that that probably should have already happened, but it's definitely going to happen. Is he going to U of A as well? I just assume that all of the basketball players are going to U of A. I assumed that as well. I mean, there's probably not that many seniors. You know, it's probably like four people. They could all be going to the same school. Yeah. And he's probably not going to do basketball anyway. He's a baker. Like, and, he's going to do hospitality. And if she's... She's also going to U of A, right? Who? Sharpay. But she's she's taking a year off, though, right? Because no. she is, like, helping out with the drama department. I thought she was going to U of A, but then helping out in the drama department, like, maybe... Oh, that a, might be it. I think you're right. ...a or an internship or something. Yeah. Because, like, if they're both in, like, the same area... Oh, yeah. ...they would definitely stay they're together. They're so getting together. Um, I want to talk about, he's a kind of minor character, but Jason, he's the one that when they graduate, Miss Darbus is like, you did it. Oh, yeah. I like to think that he, like, develops an app. And yes, becomes, that's like, what I think, too. the most wildly successful of them all. Because he's going to drop out. You know, like, mm-hmm. he's going to drop out sophomore year, and everyone's going to be like, oh, Jason, we all saw it coming. But then overnight, he becomes, like, a billionaire. He Zuckerbergs them. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... I see good things for Jason. Uh, Kelsey, obviously, is going to end up being a starving artist in New York. Ryan's going to be a starving artist, but with a killer wardrobe. Yeah, like, you won't be able to tell that he doesn't have money. But, like, Kelsey, you totally will. She's still wearing train conductor hats for some (laughs) reason. Um, Her wife tried to buy her a new hat last Christmas, but uh, Kelsey went back to the train conductor hats immediately. I'd like to think that Ryan and his boyfriend would get, like, a puggle... Or some yes. kind of cute dog. And they'd have an Instagram for the dog. Yes. Um, if you're playing along at home, email us with what you think the Puggles Insta handle would be. Yes. We want to know. Um, Are we down to Gabriella and Troy now? I think so. Are there any other major characters? Miss Darbus. I was thinking, is she going to stay at the school now that her favorite class is gone? Because, like, she doesn't look old, but she does look like... She could be done teaching if she wanted to be. She looks like she's seen some stuff. Yeah, so maybe she, like, teaches for a few more years, and then she's like, darn, 
darn it. <laughs> it's just not the same without my kids. Yeah. Um, because I bet, like, because... Does, oh, I bet she goes to see the shows at U of A. Probably. And then, like, when Kelsey writes new musicals, Kelsey sends her the MP3s. And Miss Darbus just stands at the back of the room listening to MP3s like while a musical is rehearsing, just thinking like these were the days. And then after that, I think she would leave and get a different job. I'd like to think that she would go to New York and she would like write a play and she would like carve a niche for like women over 60. Oh, I love this. In the entertainment industry. And she'd like wear her ponchos and scarves this and is everything. Perfect. All of like the people who just wear like tunics and like sandals, like leather sandals. All of those women yeah. just flock to Miss Darvis and they create incredible theater. Yeah. Incredible experimental theater. Oh, for sure. Oh, definitely. For sure. There'd probably be like audience um, actor interaction. Oh my god, this is exactly the kind of play I would never go see, but I'd always say, "Oh, I want to see that." It got such good reviews. Just how I talk about a lot of movies. Um, Troy's dad. Do we think Troy's parents separate after he goes to Why? school? Why? <laughs> Why would they separate? I don't know. His dad seems so. super into basketball, and I can see his mom being like. I'm over it. And then, like, Troy's dad just, like, losing it when his son... That is the most horrible thing I've ever heard. I would say that they're just... They're such happy, empty nesters. Like, they miss their boy. They miss their boy, Troy. (laughs) (laughs) But all the same. Um, I have no idea what they would do. She's probably in a garden club. She probably feels an empty hole in her heart because she's on the PTA. Oh, but now, like, she can't do that anymore. So she's on the garden club. She's in, like, a book club at the local library. You know, you know what I mean? She probably sells, she has an Etsy store. Mm. Um, and she's selling beaded handbags that she makes herself. Um, so she's independently wealthy now. I feel like Troy's dad would be very much like the actor who played Troy's dad. Oh my god. Um, Bart Johnson, this actor, if you ever go on Zac Efron's Instagram... Shout out to Bart Johnson. This man comments on literally every single one of Zac Efron's Insta posts, and they're, like, so needy and clingy. It's, it's almost been like... ten years. It's almost like the way Zac Efron comments on all of Alexandra Daddario's Instagram posts. Oh, my favorite non-celebrity couple. And so it's just, like, really funny, but I feel like Troy's dad would want to be cool, and so, like, Troy would be posting pics on, oh like, Insta gosh. and Twitter or whatever they had in 2008, and his dad would just be, like, trying so it's hard. too real. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's so sad. But, like, kind of cute. It's kind of cute. sure it would be okay. It's kind of cute. When Troy came home, they'd, like, play basketball in the driveway, and he'd be like, tell me about college. He'd be like, tell me about the ladies. Because he would be broken up with Gabriella. I feel like he's grown so much since this movie. He really has. Like, when you watch all of them back to back to back to back, yeah. you can see the growth, both personally and professionally. That's so sweet. What do you think happened to Troy and Gabriella? Okay, hot take, they definitely don't stay together. Wrong. I think that they almost break up in the first movie because Troy got tricked, uh, which would be a great <laughs> band name, by the way, <laughs> but um, they make up and it's kind of fine, but you know, she kind of like, I always feel like he's more into it than she is because in the first movie, he's like, 
let's do the musical, you know, like, let's audition. And she's like, I only want to do Quiz Bowl. <laughs> or whatever she does. <laughs> it's not called Quiz Bowl. <laughs> what is it? Academic Decathlon? Yes. <laughs> I was gonna think Mathletes, because I was also thinking about Mean Girls. <laughs> Just all, like, the intelligence competitions. Fun fact, when I was in high school, I got a varsity letter for getting good grades. Okay, I was on a math team where we did, like, competitive math problems, and I never got a varsity letter for Whoa. that. I thought about getting a jacket, but... Why didn't you? What was I going to do with a maroon jacket? Wear it. But then I went to a different high school, and the colors were green and yellow. I thought about, like, is there any cool way you could combine maroon, green, and yellow? Spoiler, there is not. <laughs> uh, but anyway... I think that they would break up, because then in the second movie, they also kind of break up again for not really a great reason. You know, he has canceled a couple of plans on Gabriella, but then she's like, you're changing, and I don't understand it. But, like, he's just kind of doing what his manager tells him to do, and, like, if you work at a weird place, like a golf course, country club, I don't know, you would just do what your boss tells you to do. You know, yeah. because they're not unreasonable requests. His boss is just like, you gotta work. Or, like, you gotta go to this lunch. And, like, that's fair. He's, like, a dumb boy who, like, doesn't remember to tell Gabriella. And, yeah, he should do better. You know, like, but they could just have, a like, a conversation and kind of fix the problem. But they don't. And then in the third movie, she's like, I can't tell him I got into a great school and then I'm leaving two weeks early to go to my early start college program. And so I just feel like it's not, like, a good sign. You know, like, they don't have a good track record, even though they seem to like each other a lot. You know, they dance in the rain. A lot of passion. It's a very spicy relationship. 12-year-old Sarah found that so romantic. Okay, uh, 22-year-old Abby finds that extremely romantic. 22-year-old Sarah finds that a bit annoying. Like, I'd probably the be dancing cold. in the rain? Yeah. Yeah, I'd be cold. And my hair would get messed up. But I guess it's the thought that counts. So I think, also, Gabriella also handle stress well. So I think she would go to college. I don't, I don't think she would drop out of college. But I think after college, she'd be like, you know what? I'm kind of over this. I'm over this extreme academia that I've always been a part of. And she would move to like a tiny mountain town by a beach. And she would, I do those things go together? Or is that too many landscapes? I mean, Vancouver has like beaches and mountains and Love cities. It. She moves to Vancouver. Where she works in a tiny independent bookshop, she doesn't own the bookshop. She just works in the bookshop. But she also probably lives above it. You know, she runs out the room. Uh, but then it's also not just like a bookshop. It's like a niche bookshop. You know, so it's only cookbooks or something. Uh, a la Hugh Grant in Notting Hill. So that's where I see Gabriella. She's very happy. She's found stability. She has a dog, probably. And then she meets her future husband while walking her dog. So that's what I think happens there. Troy, however, goes to a school in California, I think. I do not remember where. UC Berkeley. UC Berkeley. Because he's going to play basketball, but also do theater. I have a lot to say about that. That is bananas. He cannot do both of those things. What happens is he tries to do basketball and theater, but with rehearsals and also basketball rehearsals, practice is what that's <laughs> called. <laughs> Things just don't work out, and he has to drop one. So he drops theater. 
Because UC Berkeley is not a theater school, is it? I don't know. Fact check time. But I think he he's so much a business school boy, you know? Like, can't you see him in his khakis and, like, his button-down walking to the B school? He is a business school boy through and through. So I think he graduates with a business degree. Uh, and then he becomes a sports dad. A classic sports dad. You know, he coaches, like, his daughter's rec soccer team. And then he just watches the second half of movies when they're on TV. You know, a sports dad. Wears sneakers. Oh, no, he's too stylish. He wouldn't just wear sneakers. I don't think he's that level of sports dad. We're still doing a little research on UC Berkeley's theater program. I think he would be successful, though. You know, I could see him as, like, you know, the new business boy at, like, a tech startup. Or, no, he'd work at, like, Deloitte. He'd go into consulting. Okay. I have some information about UC Berkeley Theater School. Excellent. Um, you don't have to audition to get into theater yep. or performance studies. Um, it says that they have 100 theater majors and 100 minors. That's a lot. And then 50 dance majors and 50 dance minors. I feel like to know if that's actually a lot, we'd have to extrapolate oh. and see, like, based on the size of the campus, but I really don't want to do that right now. Yeah, it's fine. So let's just say it's a lot. <laughs> it seems like a lot. To go, to major at a school that isn't known for theater, it sounds like a lot yes. to me. Yes. Um, what do you think's going to happen to Troy and Gabriella? Well... I think they're going to stay together. Oh. You took some of my things, so we'll just overlap. That's I did. Fine. He's a sports dad. We both agree on that. The B school is super, super hard. But he and Gabriella are still together. Because Gabriella oh. knows what she wants to do with her life. She wants to be a lawyer. Oh, really? Yeah. So she is, this is like, sweet. on the fast track to like go into law school. I like this better than mine. And she's like all happy. But because she knows what she's doing and she has her life together, she's able to help Troy when he falls apart. Oh my gosh. Wait, wait, wait. Is he the trophy husband? We might be getting to that. Oh my god. And, like, especially, I feel like his dad may not be the most supportive as far as he'd be like, I told you you couldn't do both. Mm -hmm. You needed to pick one. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Gabriella would, like, help him through that, but, like, everything's fine. They graduate. She goes on to law school and then eventually, like, owns her own firm. Is that how lawyers work? They I own a firm. So. Yeah. You can start your own firm? Yes, she starts her own firm. Troy doesn't do the consulting route. He owns, like, a local business. Oh. And when I think like of him... a bagel him, shop? I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking, like, it's a business where he's, like, a plumber. <laughs> okay. I don't know how he went from going to the... <laughs> going from the business school to being a plumber. Well, because... maybe he, like, opened his own plumbing business. Or, like, he retooled <laughs> a plumbing business. Because now that I'm thinking about it... Vancouver. <laughs> These two skill sets are very different. Oh my god. And there's very little overlap. But I just pictured him, like, owning, or, like, maybe not a plumber, like, a hardware store or something. Oh, I can see a hardware store. Hardware store is better. Let's go with that. <laughs> so he has that, but it's, like, really super easy hours where he's, like, there from, like, 10 to 6. It's, like, 10 to 4. Let's it's, like, <laughs> it's a small business, so it's, like... They have, like, enough traffic to be comfortable. He knows all the people in town. Yes, it's, like, a lot of old people that shop there. It's great. And, like, babies. <laughs> they have three kids. 
And so oh he's my. able to do most of the stuff with the kids. And then, like, Gabriella comes to career day, and they're like, look how cool our mom is. And he's like, I own oh my God, that's a so hardware cute. store. I think that Zac Efron's character could totally be, like, a sweet, sweet stay-at-home dad. I have another question with for With an you. Etsy store. <laughs> he opens with his children. And this is kind of not related at all, but it just came to me and I want to know your thoughts. Okay. Real life Zac Efron, like the person Zac Efron. Sure. Would you trust him with a child? Like, not like, would you have a child with him? But like, if you had a child, I don't know how you came by this child. Would you trust him with the child? <laughs> with the stolen child that I have. <laughs> I could see him as like a funny uncle. Who, like, you're at the family barbecue, and he's, like, drinking a beer, and then, like, something happens, like, he possibly spills beer on you, and you're holding the baby, and then you go, oh, God, I had to go clean this up. So you just, like, kind of hand him the baby, and you're like, here, take this. And then he's kind of, like, holding it upside down, but, like, still <laughs> drinking beer, and, like, the baby's fine. You know, nothing bad's gonna happen to the baby. Is he gonna drop the baby? Like, perhaps. But, like, will it be fine? Yes. I would trust him with a child, not a baby, I think. Okay. Your thoughts? Um, I don't want to say I don't think he's responsible, because obviously none of us know Zac Efron on a personal level. Um, but I would not trust him. I'm even a little worried that he has a dog right I'm now. I'm worried about his dog. Did you see the dog on Dylan Efron's Insta story today? His brother Dylan was hanging out with the dog. I think it's has a stupid name. Why is it named Macca? Isn't it Macca? I don't know. Sarah accidentally texted <laughs> me Macaroni, so I just still assume that the dog's name is Macaroni. That darn autocorrect. Gosh darn. But I'm still worried because he had a dog with another celebrity. Who was it? Her name was like Sammy Miro. She was like an entrepreneur and okay, model. Not a celebrity. And TBH, she was probably a little too good for him. Probably. But anyway, they had a dog together, and this is an issue that Sarah and I have been very concerned about, named Chappelle. This is an issue that I have, like, a lot. Like, when celebrity couples break up, I just want to know who gets the dog. And it stresses me out more than it should. We don't know what happened to Chappelle, so how can we trust that Maka will be fine? Yes! Like, who's to say it isn't just a phase? Do you think Dylan just takes the dogs? Like, he cleans up Zac Efron's, like, heartbreaks, and he just takes the dogs, so now he has, like, five dogs. Now we're all Zac Efron's. Well, they live together. So where would these dogs go? Yeah. Do they? Oh my god! This is my dream. I also just want to point out that I don't know this because it's creepy. It was like, he did an interview on Jimmy Kimmel where he talked about like living with his brother. Oh my god. Okay. Have you watched the show Champions? Yes. It's two brothers own a gym and they like live in the same apartment. I see Zac and Dylan Efron. Oh my god. I can't believe they live together. It's so cute. I love Dylan Efron. I love their brothership. Brotherhood is the word, I think, actually. Brothership. <laughs> They're my favorites. I can't believe this day got so much better. Okay, I have two quick notes. Okay. One note is the song where they're talking about prom is awesome. <laughs> I love it. Um, I think it's very funny. I think the dresses that they're wearing during that song are, like, not actually prom dresses. No. Vanessa Hudgens is just wearing, like, some boho chic situation that is super short. Her style changes so much over the movies. Like, in the first movie, she's dressed in, like, I don't know, like, cardigans and long pants. (laughs) But in this movie, she's wearing, like, a shirt, and we're all pretending it's a dress. (laughs) So, like, I don't know what that's about. I mean, like, 
if it's how she feels most comfortable, perhaps she's just changed over time, but, like, they just changed it real fast. And definitely that would not have passed dress code in my oh, high school. for sure not. But there's a very funny line, I don't remember what it rhymes with, but all the boys just go, what the heck are corsages? I think the lyric <laughs> is, um, the girls say, makeovers, massages, and oh. then the guys go, don't know what a corsage is. Oh, okay. I'm very upset that I was able to do this 100% from memory. <laughs> That's so funny. I think it's so funny. I remember when I was going to my own prom, the thing I was most upset about was I was telling my mom this, uh, like, in the car on the way to his house. I was like, I am not putting on his corsage. I think that's so dumb. Because that's what that is, right? That's yeah. Oh, is that the boutonniere? I think the thing that I'm actually thinking about is a boutonniere. Corsage <laughs> is what the girl wears, like, on her hand. I'm gonna be honest with you, I've referred to both of those pieces as a corsage. Uh, that's probably right. Also, like... Why are any of these traditions things? Well, I said to my mom in the car, I am not pinning his corsage on for him. And I am not going to take any pictures where I'm pinning on his corsage because that's stupid. And then we got to his house and his mom was like, pin on his corsage. It'll be cute. And then his corsage broke before we got to prom. And then he didn't wear it. I also want to talk about just the senior year sentiments, kind Mm. of. Um, watch out for me on graduation day. My cap will be sporting an HSM3 reference. Probably. It'll be on the Insta. We'll let you know. It just really, it really got me in in the feelings, in the sentiments. Because they all kind of, they're like, gonna leave each other, you know? And all go off to school and everything's gonna change. And I just feel a really similar way. Because even though... I do have plans for next year, so I do know what, like, where I'm going and where I'm gonna be. But I don't, I won't be seeing my friends every day, and we're not gonna live close to each other, and you know, like, everything is gonna change. Currently, I'm not looking at Abby, because I'm afraid I might cry. (laughs) Oh, man. Let's see if we can get some tears. Um, but it just, it really, it really got me. And then also just all of Scream, because even though now I kind of, like, have a path that I'm working on, I think especially when I was, like, a sophomore in college, I didn't declare my major for a long time because I thought it was kind of like an end-all, be-all, like, you have to declare a major in something you love, and then you have to get a job doing that thing, which now I know is total BS. That's ridiculous. Uh, You totally, your major is not that important. It's important that you get a good education and that you learn skills and, like, how to think, you know? But the actual information you learn is meaningless. I took a whole class on King Arthur myths this semester, and I think that's never going to be important again. But it was a great time. Wow, hot take there. Hot take. (laughs) Anyway. Zac Efron's character. Troy. (laughs) Troy Bolton. He just seems so stressed because he doesn't know what he's going to do in college. And it makes me feel kind of sad for him, you know? Because I'm like, buddy... You don't have to choose. It's going to be fine. Um, Shout out to my friend Allison from high school who gave me the best advice I've ever been given, which I tell everyone all the time. I've told Sarah a hundred times. But she said after her first year of college, before I started college, she said, you can do anything, but you can't do everything, which applies exactly to Zac Efron. He cannot do basketball in theater. But he can do whatever he wants, and it doesn't matter if he doesn't know what he wants. It doesn't matter if he doesn't know for a long time. As long as he makes good use of his time, has good friends, I feel strongly about this. 
That's why I'm just letting you talk right now, because you're saying everything. I have nothing to add. Anyway, I just... I feel like he's gonna learn this lesson in college, you know? That it doesn't matter what he's doing, as long as he's kind of the person he wants to be. That's what I think. But I love the song Scream. It's great. Amen to that. That's about all I have to say about this incredible movie. One last thing I'd like to say is I'm currently holding the DVD in my hand. Bought it at a Bed Bath & Beyond yes. on Black Friday one year. There's only one critical review on this DVD. And it's from Owen Gleberman of Entertainment Weekly, who says the film is an honest jolt of feel-good fizz. I love that. That was in Entertainment Weekly. And I feel like that perfectly sums up High School Musical 3. Fizz. And I love this movie. I love this movie. Ten years later. Ten years. Wow. All right, so let's transition into our social media moment of the week. Yes. All right, I have two really quick ones. First one happened yesterday, actually. Um, As we're recording this, Mark Zuckerberg is in the process of testifying before Congress. And somebody on Twitter thought it would be funny to put the score from the social network behind the videos of his testimony. And that's pretty funny. I enjoyed that. (laughs) But my real social media moment of the week is a Twitter account that is that their Twitter handle is at Army Dances 2. And this is from um, Call Me By Your Name, Army Hammer's infamous dance scene, where it's like 20 seconds of him dancing and like he hated filming it because it was completely silent on set, so he had to be like super into dancing. But they put um, different songs like with him dancing. And today they did the theme song from Little Einstein's, the Disney Channel show. Oh my god. They've done Hannah Montana. They did Timothy Chalamet's statistics rap. Like, all of these are gold. Wow. They're really funny. All of the clips are about 23 seconds long, so you can watch a few if you need, like, a minute as a break. I'm gonna need several minutes as a break <laughs> for <laughs> Go that. Go follow them, at Army Dances too. So, my social media moment of the week is an Instagram account. Uh, that is extremely active for what it is. I'm obsessed with this. Okay. <laughs> so, the handle is Sam... Barsky Knitter. That's S-A-M-B-A-R-S-K-Y-K-N-I-T-T-R-E-R, excuse me, it's spelled like knitter, (laughs) Sam Barsky Knitter, on Instagram. He has 26,000 followers. So, I'm just going to read you his bio. It's artist slash knitter known for sweaters featuring scenery slash landmarks and pictures in those locations, sambarsky.com. So this man knits sweaters of certain landscapes, and then he goes and takes pictures wearing the sweater next to the, like, the place. What? It's so insane. So one day ago, he, (laughs) it's very funny, he posted a picture of himself. He's wearing a sweater that's knitted with, like, a skeleton and, like, intestines, etc., And he's standing in the Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History. And he's standing in front of two skeletons. Oh my goodness! It is bananas. His second most recent post is very funny because he couldn't find a landscape that would match his sweater. So he's wearing a sweater that has three stacked houses on it. And then he's standing next to a pagoda. And the (laughs) caption is, this landmark, the Baltimore Pagoda in Patterson Park, does not represent what is on the sweater. Um, (laughs) Which is very funny. But he has a 
bunch, you know? Like, a lot. There's one in the Eiffel Tower. Um, so does he just knit? Like, how does he do all of this? I have no idea. He's He has one. He's holding a tiger in this one picture. And the tiger's, like, kind of green. Yeah, it's incredible. It's honestly incredible. Um, it's also very funny. Um, he's a lot of enthusiasm for oh, sweaters, colors, and honestly a zest for life. That's a Lorax reference. Yeah, he has one where he's wearing uh, the truffula trees, um, and he's standing in front of, like, a Lorax-type background. It's incredible. Follow at Sam Barsky Knitter on Instagram. I like it. It's so good. There's one where we go to college, but I'm not going to reveal the location, but it is excellent. While you're following him on Insta, you might as well hit us up on Instagram. We are at Operation Dynamo Podcast. On Twitter, we are at Op Dynamo Podcast. And hit us up with an email. If you hear something you like, if you have topics that you'd like us to talk about, again, if you're at Flotus and you want to reveal yourself, please reveal yourself. Email us. We are Operation Dynamo Podcast at gmail.com. We'd also like to thank my sister, Maddie, who designed our thumbnail image. And we'd like to thank Kinsas Morea from the YouTube Audio Library for letting us use that awesome Bongo Madness theme song that you hear begin at the beginning and end of every episode. I'd also like to thank Sarah for the hilarious cover photo that is on our Twitter. And uh, go check that out. It's also on SoundCloud, where you should subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes so you never miss an episode. You should also rate us on iTunes and tell all your friends. Yes, subscribe. We're really funny. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's all for us this week. That's it. I'm Sarah. I'm Abby. Good night and good luck. (laughs) 